This is the FCB Radio Network, home of the best personalities and where real talk lives. Online at FCBradio.com. FCB. They freed us all from tyranny. We stand for things for liberty. And they fought so we would be America, land of the Welcome back to the Growing Patriot Podcast. I'm your host, Amelia Hamilton. In the last couple of episodes, we've talked about things like uniforms and music to help us understand what it really felt like to be in the revolution. But today, we're getting back to the action. You might remember that in September of 1777, the Continental Army had to flee from Philadelphia to escape the British who were capturing the city. They ended up in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, and that's where they would spend the winter getting ready and training for the next campaign season. That's when the weather would be nice enough for everyone to get out and fight the next battles. This week, we have one very big question from my friend Sydney. My name is Sydney Hall. I am 14 years old. And I live in eastern Pennsylvania. What was life like at Valley Falls? What was life like at Valley Forge? That is such a good question, Sydney. When the Continental Army got to Valley Forge, things were not going so well. They had won a really major victory in Saratoga, but they had also lost at battles like Brandywine and Germantown. So when they got to Valley Forge on December 19, 1777, they were cold, hungry, and tired. And they weren't feeling too happy either after the Philadelphia campaign, which really didn't go well at all. They were wondering if we could really win. Getting to Valley Forge wasn't taking a break though. It was only 20 miles from Philadelphia, which you remember was held by the British then. So this spot in eastern Pennsylvania was a location that let Washington's army stay close enough to the city, but still be somewhere with enough water and firewood to last the winter that they would be able to defend if the British came for them. There was never enough food, enough clothing to stay warm, or even medical care for all the sickness that was in the camp. Maybe that's not surprising considering that there were as many as 12,000 Continental soldiers there and African-American and Native American soldiers on top of that. There were women and children at Valley Forge too. There were officers' wives who joined their husbands and other family members in the encampment. Of those 12,000 or so, Historians think about 3,000 weren't even fit to serve after that winter because they didn't have shoes, socks, coats, and other things they needed just to stay healthy and safe. People who were there at the time didn't have much nice to say about it either. A Continental Army private named Joseph Plum Martin wrote that life in Valley Forge was, quote, a truly forlorn condition, no clothing, no provisions, and as disheartened as need be. George Washington didn't like it very much either. He called it, quote, a dreary kind of place and uncomfortably provided. When we think of that winter at Valley Forge, we think of pretty miserable soldiers, and that's probably true. George Washington was a really good leader, though, and he tried to do everything he could for those at the camp. He begged Continental Congress and different state governors to try to send food or supplies, 
But still, diseases came through the camp and it was so cold that more than 2,000 of the soldiers died. Eventually, he sent out men led by Nathaniel Green to go see what they could find in the countryside that would help them get through the winter. It's probably only because George Washington was such a good leader that his soldiers never tried to run away and never turned on him. We know that the soldiers went through an awful lot that winter and it was so hard, but that's not why we remember Valley Forge. We remember it because it was one of those times when everything changed. In February of 1778, a man named Baron Frederick von Steuben came to Valley Forge. Steuben had worked with the Prussian army during the Seven Years' War, so he knew how to train men for military action. Now, the Continental Army, of course, had already seen action, but they weren't trained for military combat. Steuben changed all of that. He created drills and maneuvers and taught the men how they could really take on the British armed forces. And by the time they left that spring, they were ready. It was also during the winter at Valley Forge that the Marquis de Lafayette, you might remember him from an earlier episode, came to join George Washington and his men. The men respected him for spending the winter there in those terrible conditions just like they had to, so it made him very popular. They also loved his dedication to the American cause of freedom. I bet they appreciated him even more in May of 1778 when the French decided to join the war to help America beat the British. That's a general look at that winter at Valley Forge, but let's talk a little bit more about specifics. When the soldiers got to Valley Forge, they were tired and they were hungry. And there wasn't a lot of food to go around, so they had to plan carefully what each man would get every day. That was a pound of meat every day, which might be beef, salted pork, or salted fish, a pint of flour, and three pints of either peas, beans, or any other vegetable they could find, a pint of milk every day, and a little bit of rice, corn, and molasses. And that's all they would get in a day, but that's only if they could come up with that much, and that wasn't always the case. One of the main things these men ate was something called a fire cake. It was flour and water all mixed together and baked over a kettle. As you can probably guess, there wasn't a whole lot of flavor to that, but sometimes that was a good thing because sometimes bugs got into the flour and you definitely didn't want to find out when you tasted a bug. The meat that the men had to eat was mostly fat because it was easier to keep that edible. And by edible, I mean that it had so much salt on it that it still had to be soaked over and over again just to be able to get it down. I bet that Patriot Army was pretty excited the day that a German baker named Christopher Ludwig arrived at the camp. He was really dedicated to the cause of freedom and a really good baker. He knew that the army needed him, so he said that he could make 135 pounds of bread for every 100 pounds of flour he was given, and he did just that. He did it so well that he stayed at the camp and baked that bread for five whole years while that camp was being used. I bet a well-baked loaf of simple bread tasted pretty delicious. What about the clothing? We've talked about uniforms before, so you know that these men didn't really have extra clothes, but even the clothes they had were in pretty bad shape at Valley Forge. In fact, George Washington wrote, quote, you might have tracked the army to Valley Forge by the blood of their feet. That's because these men were walking barefoot, their shoes and socks had completely worn out, right through the snow and ice. 
and it wasn't a whole lot warmer inside. Within days of getting there, the troops had constructed around 1,500 log huts that would house all of the soldiers and the women and children for the winter. These huts were only 14 by 16 feet. There weren't enough blankets for everyone, so people had to try to find straw in the countryside to make some kind of a bed. But the cold and the starvation weren't the worst problems. People were getting sick. General Washington was very strict that soldiers had to have short hair and they had to shave. That's not because he thought that looked nicer. It was because people had lice and shorter hair helped it spread more slowly. At the same time, diseases like typhoid and typhus were going through the camp and accounted for most of the soldiers who died that winter. There were about 250 to 400 women at the Valley Forge encampment, and some of them worked as nurses. In fact, the women did a lot of the jobs that were able to keep the troops going through the winter, with things like keeping their clothes clean and mended, organizing meals, trying to find food, and like I said, nursing the men. They also provided some entertainment. We know that Sarah Livingston Alexander was 56 years old when she got to the encampment to join her husband, Major General William Alexander, and she joined the other officers' wives in putting on a play. Martha Washington was there and ran the household just like she did when they were at home. She organized meals for the staff, entertained guests and the other officers' wives, and really just kept spirits high with the officers of the army. The secretary of Baron von Steuben wrote, quote, In the midst of all our distress, there were some bright sides of the picture which Valley Forge exhibited. Mrs. Washington had the courage to follow her husband to that dismal abode. At the other end of the social spectrum, there were both free and enslaved women taking care of the men. These were women like Elizabeth Thompson, who managed George Washington's staff, maintenance of the linens and rooms, and the packing and unpacking of goods for all of the headquarters throughout the war. Hannah Till started the war as an enslaved pastry cook and servant to George Washington, but was a free woman at the end of the war. Polly Cooper was a Native American Oneida woman who brought corn to the starving men and taught them how to cook it. She also stayed to care for the soldiers after a lot of the other Oneida had left. But maybe the most famous woman who was at the Valley Forge encampment was Mary Ludwig Hayes, who you might know as Molly Pitcher. When she was only 13 years old, she married a man named William Hayes. He was a barber, but during the American Revolution, he enlisted in the 4th Continental Artillery Regiment. She came with him on the Philadelphia campaign and stayed for that winter at Valley Forge. During the Battle of Monmouth Courthouse, you might have heard that she helped the artillery crew load a cannon when her husband was injured. While wives were entitled to half the rations of the men and children a quarter, these women earned their keep through the hard work that they did. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode where we talked all about that difficult winter at Valley Forge. Even though it was such a tough winter, it was also a really important one that changed everything because it gave the Continental Army time to train. So when they met the British Army again in the spring, they would be ready to fight. They were a force to be reckoned with. Remember to visit growingpatriots.com for videos, coloring pages, and other resources that go along with this episode and every episode. You can also find the Growing Patriot books there. For social media, we are at Growing Patriots on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Can't wait to see you next time. They freed us all from tyranny. 
Distributed by FCB Radio Network.